0: And like
1: talking about movies. So join us as we discuss the movies we have just seen.
0: And that we will inevitably disagree on. This
1: is the Drive Home Reviews podcast. And we got it right. We got all the way through it. Yeah, but then you said something
0: at the end.
1: Oh, I ruined the moment. <laughs> okay, so
0: it is February. Just turned February. Mm-hmm. And
1: we are totally driving right now. <laughs> uh, no, we're
0: sitting on the couch <laughs> Yeah <laughs> um, So it is, it is February And we have had, you know, lots of snow And there's a distinct possibility that there will be more before the end of the year
1: Have we heard anything on that?
0: Um, Just that most of the weather people think that the groundhog was wrong
1: Oh, well, Okay <laughs>
0: So because of that and, you know, seasonal affective disorder and, um, you know, just life, you know, um, we find ourselves kind of going back to our comfort shows or the thing that we watch that is just nice and easy and a balm, (laughs) perhaps, um, you know we've been binging a lot, House of Dragons and yep. um, Fargo, the last season of Fargo. But um, we also have found ourselves kind of um, bouncing into the comfort show genre for both of us. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. And so, so what is what are the shows that you watch? If you're feeling anxious or sad or Um, stressed.
1: I go, I go with my, uh, I go back to my animated pack. Okay. You know, um, Family Guy, American Dad, South Park, Futurama, Simpsons on the Outside, Okay. You know, those are kind of those are mine. You and the girls always have these ones that you say, "Oh, we've watched these a hundred times." I, those are mine. I've watched those a hundred times. I know them, but there's something very, very comforting about them. About especially about the episodes I really like. You know, uh, when I was in when I was waiting to hear back from grad school years ago, um, waiting to hear if i got in. Uh, I, Star Trek Deep Space Nine was my happy place. Okay. That's where I that's what I would watch and it would it, it really helped with the anxiety.
0: <laughs> so okay, so that's another question I have is is it a different show for different feelings? I've, so Oh I'm sorry. No, well, for example, like if I'm feeling like I want to distract myself, then I will watch uh, the incredible Doctor Paul. Uh-huh who is like a country vet uh, show. I think it's on Discovery or Animal Planet. Um,
1: Which I find that really stressful sometimes.
0: (laughs) You do, you do. So that one's for more when I'm wanting to be distracted, but if I'm just having general anxiety or malaise, I tend to lean into my British shows, like either The Great British Bake Off Mm -hmm. or Call the Midwife um and most recently all things uh oh, oh. all creatures great and small yeah which is an interesting mix of call the midwife and dr paul yes <laughs> it is
1: i would get i really liked watching uh all creatures great and small i found that one very soothing it's something um, about
0: the pastoral scenes and the and the british accents. and the pleasant
1: accents yes, yes they're just <laughs> very pleasant I tried. I wish I could get more into Call the Midwife. It's just, it's too gory for me. <laughs> and that, and it's like, it's one of those shows where, like, it, it, it can't be happy. It can't, It's like, no. yay, a character is happy. Oh, no, their lover got run over by a bus and has amnesia. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Let, let us have hope and joy, please, Grandpa Borg9. No.
0: Um, but no, I, uh, that one, I really just, I love Call the Midwife. I'll go back into it at any, like, um, any season. I, I prefer like season three on, but I really do go back. So are there, do you have different shows for your different
1: needs? I think so. Um, I can't really put into words. Okay. If I'm feeling this I'll watch this, or if I'm feeling this, I'll watch this. Yeah, but I, there are times when certain shows hit a certain—I don't know—an emotional cue, and you're just like, that's that's kind of what I want to feel right now. Like, a, like House. House right. is one of those for me. Uh, ironically, usually when I am when I'm feeling down, or I want to, f- or I'm down and I want to feel better.
0: Then house is House. Yeah, house
1: does it. Yeah, I don't know why, but there it is.
0: Um I know when you've had a long hard day, you tend to lean into mystery science theater. Yeah,
1: mystery science theater, rift tracks, those are my those are my like everyday comforts. I usually watch those before going to bed. Right. You know. Um, so yeah, those are kind of everyday chill out, relax. Um Conversely, the animated shows are kind of the opposite. They're the wake up.
0: Yeah, you know, that's
1: what I watch. That's what I like to watch in the morning.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, before going to work. Yes. Um. Usually
0: while I'm still asleep.
1: Yeah. Well, yes, cause you, <laughs> cause, because you don't know good comedy. So I mean. Uh, yeah. I live in a house of people who don't get good comedy.
0: Uh, no, you know? the girls like South Park and the girl, you know, and Bob's Burgers is. Yeah, Bob family. Bob's Burgers
1: is in there. Yeah, that's and The Great North and ones like that. Yeah, I don't...
0: think that's um, The Great North. That I put would put that in a a cozy comfort show yeah. category, like when you just want to feel good and mm. fuzzy, like yeah. a warm fuzzy show. So, like, I would also put Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Okay. Or Queer Eye, I guess, now it's just called Queer Eye. Um, the, the most recent season, like the last, the, the new, eight, last eight seasons that they've done on Netflix. Um, to me, it's about celebrating people, especially people who are good people trying to do something good for the world. And make them understand that they're worthy mm. of love and celebration. And so, like that, that would put, I would put that in the warm, fuzzy category okay.
1: for me. Um, you know which one other ones are comfort shows? And again, for kind of downtimes or whatever. Um, Frasier. Okay. And Wings. Okay, why? Um, I, because those shows for me are a great blend of comedy and real emotion. Like, they're funny, but when they need to be serious or when there's actually something they're talking about, they, they don't make a joke of it. Like, well, we were watching the episode the other day of Wings where Lowell's, the mechanic's, uh, mentor died. hmm And you know, and he was trying to write a eulogy. And there's a lot of funny stuff about the eulogy and they do some, there's some really funny bits. But then at the end when he's talking about, you know, what the guy meant to him, it, there were no jokes. There were no, it was, they'd let, they let it be real.
0: Okay. You know,
1: and I, I, I find that and Fraser especially, um, just, I, I like that. I like that, uh, that duality. I don't know if that's the right word, but Sin-
0: sincerity.
1: Yeah, sincerity. That's a that's a great one. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially because we've talked about this before, especially in the 90s where sincerity was something that was starting to become passé, uh, mockable. Yeah, you couldn't have people sincerely care about each other or have sincere emotions, especially, you know, in sitcoms because that was something to be mocked. Right. You. know.
0: Right, I know. I uh, <laughs> I was just thinking that you were talking about what you like to go to sleep by or what, you know, puts you like gets you in the mood to go to sleep. And <laughs> you had a hard time adjusting to this when we we moved in together. Uh, but for me, it's Law and Order SVU. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually not as hard a time as you as you thought. Yeah. Because my because sometimes like during Christmas before I moved down here, my dad and I would put on Law and Order and we would both like f- cuz it's one of those shows you could put on, you fall asleep, you wake up and it's like
0: Yes, well, I've seen them <laughs> so many times.
1: Like I've seen each episode so many times, which is very impressive considering it's a twenty-five or twenty-four season long show. Right, like that's impressive. I've
0: seen that. It's it really just does like once I I hear the beginning of the the episode and I'll like, okay, start to kind of play it in my head and then I'll just be out. I, I'll sometimes, I'll even, if I think you'll find something interesting, I'll be like, oh, this is the one with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this this um, is the one with this person. Or
1: I'm like, I'm like that with Mystery Science Theater. I've seen so many, mi- like all of those episodes so many times. I know the jokes um, and I know the movie, so I don't have to watch it. I can just kind of close my eyes. I can picture it in my head and then right. I'm, And then I'm gone. Yeah, but yeah, that does happen a couple times with Law and Order where it gets the episode is deceptively interesting. And I'm just like, okay, I gotta I gotta see what happens here. Like what did, like how do they catch this guy? I wanna know.
0: What's funny is when you fall asleep in the middle of one and wake up in the middle of the other and you're so confused what's about worse, where this
1: person what's worse is when I fall asleep in the middle and wake up and it's still the same episode, but so much weird shit has happened in yes, the interim that it definitely... feels like a different You're like, What what wait, what's going on?
0: There's definitely some twisty episodes, yeah. I won't lie. Uh now, another couple of shows that we both love have resurfaced in our house because our kids have, like, started getting into them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the the Doctor Who reboot.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know if the reboot is just... A continuation, continuation of the, of the series, yeah. um,
0: and then uh, Buffy the Vampire, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer, yeah. Which, of course, Joss Whedon is a pig. Well, yeah, but we
1: don't we don't have to let him ruin our enjoyment of it, right? You know, just, I, not, acknowledge he's a pig and let's enjoy.
0: Yes, we you know, no longer do anything that puts money into Joss Whedon's pocket. No, but. Since we already own the media
1: I own the DVDs so I mean So
0: we do And you know like It doesn't negate from the good Performances
1: Or the good writing or the good storytelling Or the good world building
0: That um, The characters really did yeah. Like
1: so. yeah. I find I enjoy watching Doctor Who But do you find that like, episodes tend to run together.
0: Oh, yeah, big time.
1: Like... Uh, I have
0: to... Well, especially because we binge them. Yeah. We have the girls every other week, and so we tend to focus on <laughs> one show during that week when they're here. And so, like, I'll sit there and go, like, which companion was that? <laughs> which doctor was that? You know? So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely.
1: No, th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that that is but I've noticed that. Like but but that's another thing kind of in the difference in watching. Um because I'm somebody that I will watch a show all the way through. Right. But a lot of times I'm just like, I just want to watch this episode. Right. I just wanna I just wanna watch this episode for some reason. This episode I find funny, this episode is gonna hit the right chord. You know, I have my favorite episodes. Um but you guys just can't oh, no. do that. I, you no. have to watch every it single will one.
0: trigger my anxiety. Even like the other day when you started Wings in the middle of season three, I was like, <laughs> like.
1: But then, but then like if I start at season one, you know how long it's going to take to get to that episode that I wanted to see and no one's going to let me watch it.
0: That's true. So, but, I mean, like, I have to, I know, so how I do know. I win here? <laughs> you you don't. The, the yes. compromise in this situation is you get to live with us and be oh. part of our family. Tra- oh, well, is, that
1: the, is that what I get out of it? Wow. All right. Great. Oh, that- are
0: we not worth it? Are we not worth yes, that you're, compromise? Yes, you're worth it. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about this off mic, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. Now, here here is a question that I've been thinking about. Um, Is there a show that is good and that you love, but does the opposite of comfort? Let me give you my example. Okay. Um, I recently went through both seasons of The Bear. Yeah. And then went back and made you watch it with me.
1: Yeah, which we're enjoying.
0: And... I love it, and I think it is a beautifully shot show and has some amazing character arcs. And I I really cannot stop gushing about the show, but it does not comfort me. It leaves me with high levels of anxiety. Mm. Like, it triggers anxiety in me. So, but I still love it and think that it's beautiful.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, do you understand what I mean? I, I
1: understand what you mean. I am trying to think if there is a show like that for me, and I'm not really coming up with anything that I can think of more movies like that,
0: right? Well, or that's... movies
1: that I like, but that I I only feel the need to watch maybe once or twice, um, as opposed to ones I'll rewatch over and over and over again. You're like I I I love The Godfather, okay, but I it, I'm not one of these people that like I must watch The Godfather every five minutes. It's like I watch it maybe once every three years.
0: Citizen Kane.
1: And yeah, Citizen Kane's another great one. It's a it's like the the movie of movies, but it's like you don't come home after a hard day's work and go, Huh, ah, I don't wanna pop Citizen Kane into the into the D V D player and, and you know, really really get into it, you know. I you know, you don't you gotta be in the mood, you know. Right. Um and I'm trying to think, I'm sure there is I think the same, it's the same type
0: of character traits that has me watching that and thinking that it's beautiful, even though it triggers anxiety, is the same thing that makes you want to watch a horror movie. Yeah. And have that, like, uncomfortable feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. (coughs) I am. I'm really, I'm, because I know there is one, and I know the minute we get done recording this, (coughs) um... It'll probably jump right into my head. I know I would... there are. I know there are episodes kind of going back to what we were talking about. There are episodes of shows that I will skip, and I won't watch. Okay. Um, because they they either like uh, okay like the X Files. You know I love the X Files. Um, but there are certain episodes that just freak me the fuck out, and I won't watch them. I just. You know, I just, I just won't do it. They, you know, they just, they, they, they got, you know, everybody. They, they deal with everybody's fears, and when they hit yours, it's like, yep, can't watch that.
0: See, this is another issue we get into sometimes too, is because I'm a completist, not only front to back, but every episode. Yeah. And when we, I think the first show we watched together was Star Trek.
1: Yeah, Deep Space Nine.
0: And you would be like, oh, we can skip this episode, and I'd be like. No Yeah And no we cannot <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Like you've got to It's you got to watch it all the way through I
1: slipped some past you When we were watching Next Gen Yeah Like we We started on season we, I showed you like One or two episodes From season two We started on season three And I skipped a bunch That were just like Like forgettable episodes And, and hit And got you into the good stuff Boo So You know you, you won't say boo If you saw them <laughs> Um, (laughs) so
0: another, um, another TV show that's like that for me is Black Mirror.
1: Oh, okay. Which
0: is meant to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's, you know, societal, um, observation and conversation and, and critique. So like, it's meant to make you uncomfortable. So, but I still love it. Um, and I would put a lot of the A24 movies in that. Yeah. Like Midsummer, Lamb, um, The Banshees of Innersen. Um, (laughs) why is No, if your finger is the first protocol.
1: That's the only only part of that movie I like.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like things that make you uncomfortable. Um, but are good, but you have to be in this, the right mood for them. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Which is a, which I think is a good way to segue into the review of the movie that we are.
0: Yes, which that, is not an A twenty four movie. No, but, but it could is.
1: Be. It is one of those movies that I can see wanting to watch again, but it's not going to be one of those. Ah, oh, gotta. Right. You gotta throw that on. Gotta Yeah. You know, gotta, gotta it co- is
0: definitely a thinking movie with uncomfortable moments.
1: Yeah. So, so and I
0: think as white people we're supposed to be uncomfortable because it's supposed to open up the conversation to make us think about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um So when it we... also goes to show you and points out the fact that awards are BS. Yeah. Uh Golden Globes Tony's are maybe not Tony's. But uh, Golden Globes, Oscars, Emmys, they were all BS because neither this nor Iron Claw were nominated yes. for things. Yes,
1: it was. Which was? The American Psycho. Not American Psycho. Oh, my God. American Fiction. It's nominated for Best Picture.
0: Was it? Yes. Let's see. That's how much I pay attention and to it pretty, I
1: think Jeffrey Wright might be nominated as well. Well, good. Okay, maybe they're not all BS then. Maybe they're not all I could be, wrong about that. That. I could be obvious, wrong about that.
0: But, like, the fact, like... Yeah, awards are dumb (laughs) Anyways So
1: uh, when we come back We will be getting into the conversation And trying to uncover the genius of American psych fiction American psycho fiction -fiction. No,
0: American (laughs) fiction American fiction Not American splendor Not American pie Not
1: American beauty
0: but american fiction. All right. All
1: right. We'll be back.
0: Okay. So, this was an unplanned little venture. We were had just finished watching The Iron Claw. Yeah. And we had to maybe- go
1: a little bit from it. <laughs>
0: Went to dinner and we were discussing what movies from 2023 we had not watched yet,
1: and that we still wanted to in order to, you know, compile our end of the year list, which is coming before the end of 2024. We promise.
0: Maybe. <laughs> and uh, we said we were talking about American Fiction, and it just happened to be playing um, at a very opportune time. A very you know, a couple of blocks away. So, so, so yeah,
1: so we were like, hey, let's go, let's go watch this one.
0: Uh, so this is a Jeremy Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Sorry, Jeffrey Wright movie. Sorry, I keep thinking Jeremy Allen <laughs> White. Jeffrey Wright movie. Uh, <laughs> it's, okay, kind of twisted. All right. Um,
1: the long and the short of it.
0: So, <laughs> you, so Jeffrey Wright is is very phenomenal. Oh, yeah. He's been around, like, I think his first film was in the 90s, Basquiat, but he also was a big theater actor. Yeah. Um, and, and he was in, uh, oh gosh, Tony Kushner. Oh, Angels Kushner. in America. Angels in America. He was in, in the original cast of Angels in America. Phenomenal actor. Um, So this, if you don't know much about this movie, and it's entirely possible you don't
1: saw more commercials for it than I've seen for a lot of other films. Okay. Which is kind of odd.
0: So the concept of American fiction is that you have a very literary author. uh, Professor type of novelist. uh, Who is a person of color. And he's having trouble getting his book published. Uh, So as a joke, he writes a novel um, that is uh, pandering to what white people might consider the black experience. Uh, Drug dealers, alcoholics, absentee absentee fathers,
1: rappers, you know.
0: Uh, Police shootings. So he, he writes this book, and he kind of is trying to um, make a point to the publishing houses, but the publishing houses don't get it and want to buy his book in and give him a lot of money.
1: And, a- and everything he does to kind of kill it just makes it stronger.
0: Right.
1: You know, and, and he, it becomes this one of these snowball things of something that started out as a joke suddenly takes on a life of its own. And he finds himself getting more notoriety and more success for something that he doesn't believe in.
0: Than for any of his books that were...
1: Heartfelt or...
0: Literary masterpieces. Yeah.
1: Um, And while... So while that's going on... So that's our main story. But while this is going on, he is also... um, I'm just going to say he's just living a life.
0: Right. He's He's dealing with... uh,
1: Mother aging, uh, coming down with Alzheimer's, his relationship with his brother, his sister suddenly passes away. You know, it. it he it, gets
0: into a new relationship
1: later in life. Like, it, it, it's it's basically just life happening to him, right? You know, and and kind of the point that he's proving, or the point that I think it's trying to make, is that his life is not the. Um as he puts it, is not just run a, you know, being a proud slave or surviving the streets.
0: Right. So the dichotomy there. Yeah. Of you've got the story that is selling that is the quote unquote black experience of the poor black man and, you know, absentee father, drug addict, whatnot. And him, his experience as a middle class black man whose life has its own tragedies and sadness and hardships. It's just not the same as what's in his book.
1: It's not what has become the recognized popular culture interpretation of the
0: quote unquote black
1: experience. Yes. So
0: there's many interesting bites and keep in mind that this is coming from two people
1: who uh, two uh, white people
0: yes
1: (laughs) so you are getting the white take on this right uh this uh this story which is a black story so
0: I would highly encourage you to go you know before you like don't take our word as the end all be all, but actually, perhaps listen to somebody. Um, I believe uh, Code Switch did a did a, a, a podcast on it. Um, I believe that there was an interview on um, Fresh Air about it. I would I would encourage you to search out uh, the the thoughts of people of color on this movie
1: about a person of color exactly. about about the life of a person of color right you know so yes definitely you know we're we're coming at this from our perspective but you know this is one of those things where i think you should seek out the opinions of people of whose perspective it is trying to represent there we go you know um
0: okay as a white dude so is this <laughs> is this something that you may have thought of before the idea of Books like this—is it pandering? Is it, you know, putting someone in a pigeonhole? Um, is a, a book like that, like the book that he writes as a joke, is that problematic?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it, it is. It is so hard to say um, because you're dealing with. In anything, and I think that the movie makes this point as well, in any art form, book, music, movie, TV, um, the thing that we always have to understand is that it is the entertainment business. They are there. The entertainment business is not interested in changing lives, they are interested in making money. And where a lot of artists tend to butt heads is this feeling like, oh, we're trying to create an art, and the the business side of it thing, and we're trying to make money, which is what all of this started as. Right. So, um, you know, I, I can only think of it from like, I can't, I can't tell you from a um, a black perspective clearly, but okay, let me see if I can make it. Uh, Make this point. Um, I feel that books where all Italians are portrayed as mobsters. Okay. I feel that is harmful. Okay. That that philosophy that that's all Italian and Italian Americans have contributed to society. Okay. Um, same thing with being with being Irish with being part Irish. I I find the idea that. You know, all the Irish just go around and drink their booze, and you know, all oh, they get into the bar fights, and that, and all, and all—that's all we contributed to society. Um, I think those are harmful.
0: Okay, but here's my question: Do they still have a
1: place? I think they do have a place because you don't—you would be—you would be lying if you said that wasn't part of the experience.
0: But the problem is making sure that that's not the only experience that's represented. Yeah. So, yeah. And
1: I think that is the conflict that comes up in this movie. Right. You know?
0: Well, and then the question is too, if you are, if you are writing about an experience, but nobody is, is buying it, like, does it matter? Like, does that representation count?
1: I think it, it matters, but the question, and this is what the movie, again, kind of realizes is. It matters. It's just, are you going to make a living? <laughs> you know, if you're trying to do it and make money and survive, then yeah, it, it, then maybe that doesn't matter because no one's going to buy it. Well, but and it
0: doesn't matter to society because if that representation that's supposed to be showing... But that's not the whole story. That's only part of the story. That's only part of the experience. If that's never being read, then it, does it serve any purpose?
1: I, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is the this is the snake eating its own tail that you know, that the Jeffrey Wright character is constantly chasing. Right. You know. To me, just going from the the perspective of an audience member watching this movie and thinking, you know, if it was me in that position, um, I I tend to go with the... We talked about it with Peter Dinklage in the Hunger Games review. Go with the opinion of it. If writing this tripe is going to get you the money you need to survive so you can write the things that you really care about, then... You give them the tripe and then you use that money to support yourself while you write the things you really care about. You can self-publish. You can go to smaller publishing companies. If you're more concerned with the art than with making money, there are ways you can do that.
0: Okay, but is it... Is it the job of artists to open conversations? Is it the job of artists to expose society to a deeper experience or is it just the job of artists to entertain and provide a service
1: It depends on what kind of artist you want to be <laughs> No, I'm I'm serious. I'm it, it that that's the thing is that it depends on the artist that you want to be If you want to be if if you want to be the artist that's, that wants to open up these conversations and you know then that's your job. That's what you do, that's the art you create. If you want to be an artist who said, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a very broad paintbrush here. So you wanna be like one of my favorite bands, Bowling for Soup, which just basically says we want to have a good time and and sing happier songs than what a lot of rock and roll does, then that's fine. That that's your art. I think I, I think the problem and this movie addresses it is painting all artists with one brush.
0: Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the moral to the moralist story, isn't it? Yeah. Um I think it does make a good point. Uh first of all, that while it's not the entire black experience, for some people it is part of the black experience. For some people it's part of the white experience. You know, I'm um, I know plenty of people who were white and grew up in poverty and were chased by the police and ended up in jail, you know, so I think that, um, I, I think that you can't ignore that it is part of the experience as a whole, um, but I think that the most important point that this movie definitive answer to the question you know mm-hmm. there's no right way to do it yeah um, but it is our job as white people to open up ourselves to the conversation and to um, being exposed to more more than just what is handed to us on a silver platter you know mm. um, okay let's talk about performances. <laughs> I was happy to see Erica Alexander in this. Me
1: too. I loved her in Living Single. Yes, you are a big Living Single. I am. I think Living Single was one of the best, uh, most underrated sitcoms of the '90s. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: and then, uh, and then, and another um, uh, black sitcom from the '90s, Girlfriends. Tracy Ellis Ross is in this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Sterling K. Brown is in this as his brother Cliff, um, who did, I think, a really good job. Oh, uh, yeah. Made a p- really good performance. And uh, how did Jeffrey Wright do? I,
1: it's Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> I mean, it's Jeffrey... It's Jeffrey freaking Wright. I mean, he he's brilliant for a reason. Right. You know, um, he knows... This is not a, a com- I would say this this is a dramedy. It's it has it's a drama but with comic elements. Right. But and I think there are such levels to the to the humor he plays. Right. In this that um uh and matched equally by the drama and the pathos that he's you know the conflicts that he's going through um just. It's, I, I can't describe the performance because it's indescribable. You have to kind of see it and just marvel. And like any great performer, it looks so effortless. Yeah. He, do, he doesn't look at at any moment like he's quote unquote acting.
0: No, it's very it's very natural. He's a very natural actor. Um, I the name of the actress who plays his mom is slipping my. But she did a wonderful job. Yeah, uh, playing someone whose mind is slipping from her. Um, And there's a sweet side story with uh, the the housekeeper. Their housekeeper, Lorraine, and uh, her kind of falling in love with an older police officer. Yeah.
1: and I think this goes back to, we, we talked about it with the Iron Claw last time, or this time, because we're recording this on the same day, um, that it felt like a family. These felt like real people having real relationships and real connection. You felt it in there. Um, but, okay, like, for example, with his brother, he had, they had a rough relationship, Right. But you never felt like they were mad at each other, that they hated each other. It's like they had arguments and disagreements, and they're both going through shit. And But they, you can tell that they love each other.
0: Right.
1: And that, you know, they, they want to be closer. It's just, you know, it's hard.
0: Right. You know? And that's what's interesting in this, like, just to go back to the, the writing and the story... Is the connection... Like... His life is tragic at the moment. Yes. He's dealing with a lot of loss. And a lot of tragedy. And a lot of rejection. And a lot of sadness. Um... And it's not... Like I said... Not the... The same kind that his character in his book is dealing with. But... It's... It's its own tragedy. It's its own kind of tragedy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... anyways. (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> I just thought it
1: was really beautifully done. It was. I, I love. What, I, I always love it when they do this in a writing movie or a movie about writers. I love when he's actually sitting down to write, and the scene that he's writing is happening, kind of in front of him. <laughs> yeah. And uh Keith David, the great, great <laughs> Keith David, is playing uh, like the stereotypical alcoholic absentee father.
0: Uh... And
1: and I, I don't know who is playing.
0: Oh, I forget. But And
1: they're just like, they're going off and they're using the N-word. And they're like, look at him like, so what do I say now? <laughs> and like when the son shoots the father and he's like, why did you have him do that? You know, just, I thought that, was, that was just very fun. And like, that's, that's just, this is a smart movie.
0: It is. This And I should have known when Issa Rae was in it, that it was going to be a, a smart movie. Well, yeah. I mean, you can tell from the beginning that it's going to be a smart
1: movie. Yes
0: it's the the visuals the credits like it all is kind of hand in hand
1: but I think it's important to underline because and they they make this point in the movie too is that uh, people feel scared of smart things this is smart it's not pretentious
0: no actually it kind of calls itself out of being pretentious
1: yes you know and I think that's a big difference this is a film that does not talk down to you but it also and it makes its point it makes its point really in clever ways but i never felt like it was up on a soapbox no you know no never felt and i also have to say this because this is something this is my own hang up as a white person um, in a lot of movies like this where they're underlining the, the stupidity or the um, I don't know what the word is, cluelessness of white people to the black experience. I feel sometimes they make the, the white characters overly stupid. <laughs> and I don't feel like they did that. I think they were dumb well, and they were they were they weren't getting the joke.
0: These are weren't you? stupid people because they're people who are in the literary circle. But they are people who are not realizing what they are contributing yeah. to the state of race. Yes. Um, which I think a lot of us are. Like, I know I, I have to constantly re-examine how I think of things or what how my experience differs from others. You know, when constantly like it's a it's a moving, changing thing all the time. Um, you always have to be kind of updating and rebooting the way you think about things. So, uh, because I never, I don't, I I guess having read things like Push or you know books like this, I I guess I I never really thought about it as pigeonholing the black experience. But, if, like you said, if it was a book about a, a Roma person who was just constantly belly dancing and stealing from people, I would be upset about that. Yeah. You know?
1: So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's the main thing I can say about it. It's a smart movie, but not pretentious.
0: So, I think that what this movie did and the point of it, and I could be wrong, once again...
1: Um, We're also coming... This is true drive home reviews. So we haven't had a lot of time to marinate on it. No, we it.
0: just like walked out of the theater like like a half hour ago. So... But um, I think that part of the mission of this was to open the conversation. You know, like he, he says that, you know, the Jeffrey Wright character Monk says, you know, I'm not going to spoon feed you the moral. There's no moral to the story. But, I think it is a conversation. Yeah. It's it's to get people to talk about how we consume things.
1: And Well, and one one of the first questions you asked me when we walked out is, who do you think is right? Because there's this other uh, black author that kind of is the catalyst for his.
0: Right. And
1: she's a very uh, well-spoken, well-educated person. And she reads an excerpt from her book. She's like, where that I ask, and who you know, and
0: yeah, it's you know. it's it's written in some and it's it's kind of the kind of book that his book was mocking, but she also says you know some like from her point of view, she's like this. I took this from interviews. I some of this was verbatim from what people told me when I did research for it.
1: Yeah. You know? So. And so, and you ask me like, well, who do you think is right? And the question is, I don't think there is a right. No. I, I think that, and that's a hard thing we're used to, especially in movies and art. We're we used to being told this, this is okay.
0: This is the bad guy. This is the
1: moral of the story. This is what you take away. This is the point we're trying to make. And I think having the point be that there's not a clear answer, and you just kind of have to take it and make the best decision you can based on your own, your own feelings, that, that's hard sometimes, right? you know, and I, I like how it even calls it out in Hollywood, where, cause at the end he's pitching the story of his, of this life to, um, uh, to a director who's just like, well, you can't end it like that. And he gives them all these other endings of like any, like a romantic comedy or anywhere like the cops busting in and shooting him. Right. You know, and the and the guy's like, yes, that's perfect. And you're just like, oh. <laughs>
0: but I think, um, oh gosh, I had to stop at a stop sign and I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, but yeah, having the oh the one. <laughs> sorry, That one point, there's five riders in a room. Can Sounds like the start them? of a joke. I know three of them are white, two of them are black, and they're, you know, the two black authors are on one side of the table, and the three white are on the other side of the table, and one of the white, they're, they're disagreeing. The black authors are disagreeing with the white authors, and the white authors are like, you know, no, we're right, and I think it's just really important we listen to black voices at this time. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and, and, yeah, exactly. They
0: were literally not listening to the black voices in the room. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, a mistake that happens quite frequently, not listening to the black voices in the room. Uh, which, you know, we, we live in a very white area, but there are people of color, and I will tell you flat out, I feel like they do not get heard no. in this area. They are not being heard. Um, so, GPS
1: signal lost. Oh, thank you. So, uh, so thank you, GPS. That was your take on the. They were lost. The GPS lost. was lost at the film. They just they didn't get it.
0: Um, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought this movie was really well shot, well written. I think that the writer actually directed it, so that can. It be did, nice. yeah. So. Or he um, did. I
1: should say it. <laughs> Sorry. <Jesus laughs> Sorry. Uh, so what do you think? Um I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Um ironically I feel like this is a I would classify this as a feel good movie. <laughs> like I know that's so weird but I left the theater feeling really good. Yeah. After watching this film. I I I mean it's not like a stand up and cheer king speech rocky kind of thing. But I don't know. I think just the the comedy of what he was going through, the um, the beautifulness of his life and the tragedy of his life—I don't know—it all just—it felt—it felt very beautiful. It was a beautiful picture.
0: I I agree with you. Like, I definitely agree with you. I don't know, if, like if the movies that we saw today were that beautiful, or we just like there's something in the air. I, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But I do think like it was well done. I think that if you're a person who's not a reader or doesn't necessarily like kind of artsy movies, you probably maybe not going to like this as much. I don't know. It kind of has an artsy feel to it.
1: It does have an artsy feel, but again, not in a pretentious way. Right. Not in the way that, you know, quote unquote, independent movies kind of do. Okay. You know, and I, and I, I think you don't I think obviously if you are a reader and you are really clued into the literary world you'll probably get a lot more out of it but I think if you pay attention to art of any kind you know performance art you know like I said music, books, TV, movies I think you'll recognize the point it's trying to make right you know Uh. so okay so so final grade for you for American Fiction
0: You know, I think (laughs) I feel like I get too easy on these movies, but I feel like I gotta give it an A+. Like, I think that it was well written, I think it was well acted, I think it was surprising in some areas, I think I'm going to think about and chew it over. voices of people of color. So I, I got to give it an A+. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh so for 2 weeks in a row and 2 movies in a row, we are going to agree. Holy I, crap. I also give this one an A+. I think I think this one uh, just a beautiful movie. A beautiful movie about life and it uh, I it just it's It's so complex in its simplicity. That that sounds so pretentious, but it it really is. It's simple. It's not. Well, I I was worried when it was all you know him going back to his family because that was a big thing for plays and movies, you know, independent movies. Going back to your dysfunctional family, and you know, there's always the person who's dying, and they're talking like Yoda and giving all this advice, and there's this. There's the sibling you didn't disagree, you know, didn't agree with. And I was like, oh shit, are we gonna do that? And kinda, of, but in a much more realistic, much more grounded way. And I agree with you. It gives you a lot to think about. And the best compliment I can give this movie is I want to think about the things that it before I want to watch this movie again. Okay. I, I want to watch this movie again. This is a film I want to see multiple times. And I feel like I can stomach to see it multiple times.
0: Right.
1: You know? So I I really, really dig it. And I think it it needs to be seen.
0: Plus, now I really want to go to the beach in, in Boston. I want to go to the Cape. I know, right? Like, those beach houses. Like, <laughs> I know. Those beautiful. are gorgeous. <laughs> Anyways.
1: So, yeah. All right. So there you go. Did so, you
0: notice that when he gets to Boston, the thing that signifies that he's in Boston is he's walking out drinking a cup of Dunkin' Coffee? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, we're in Boston now. Here's, to, here's his Dunkin'. Uh, anyways.
1: Uh, all right. Well, uh, so what a fun kind of double date day at the movie in terms of two movies. I don't know what I'm saying. It's late. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway. um, Just tell them
0: goodbye.
1: Uh, Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Um, Thank you for a wonderful day at the movies, my love. Thank you all for listening and coming along with us. And I will just say goodnight. So, as always, drive safe and we'll see you at the movies.